Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Now we want to start on a serious note, if we may, by expanding on something we posted on social media recently, which is our support for the Black Lives Matter movement and those protesting around the world. Uh, to this end, we donated the Patreon money from May to the fund set up to support those protesting across the USA, as it seemed like the very least that we could do. Um, as runners, we all talk about running in terms of inclusivity and freedom, but as has been highlighted once again in lots of parts of the world, that is simply not the case. And in some places, those who are sworn to protect you are the ones to be afraid of. Yes, and I think there's been a lot of talk about needing to be proactively anti-racist and about recognising, you know, white privilege. And if, you know, if you can go out for a run without being worried that someone will mistake you for a criminal and potentially fatally shoot you if you're in America, uh, just because of the colour of your skin, then you are in a privileged position in society. So we had uh, Ahmad Arbery, I think it was the beginning of this year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He was shot while just going out on a jog because they thought he was um, a criminal from a, a case that had nothing to do with him. So I think as runners as well, recognising specifically our privilege when we go out for a run, if we're white to not feeling in danger in that sort of sense is a privilege. Yeah, it's difficult for kind of us to really expand on that because it's not something that we experience ourselves. Um, yeah. Because, you know, white privilege is a hard thing to get your head around, um, mm. but you do need to read up on it. So I would encourage people, as we did on Twitter before, please read up on it. Please look for those resources. There's loads of things on Twitter and Facebook. If you just type in like mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, how to help, there's loads of people putting up resources. And just take that time to learn, read it and kind of reread it sometimes as well and then share it and pass it on yeah definitely so that's a real start to the podcast isn't it yep (laughs) had to be done it had to be done it's difficult for us to talk about in a way because i know we do talk about serious issues but we do talk about a lot of shit as well so we just don't want to try and conflate Mm. those two here's the really serious thing and now here's something stupid we want to make sure that we're trying to balance it a little bit so we don't we don't make light of things that we shouldn't be no, we're in no way trying to trivialise this because it's a massive issue and something that we are in no way qualified to address. But we also want to sort of uh, put out our stance on the uh, the matter as well. Absolutely. So moving on, coming up on this episode, cue the dramatic music. We tracked him down. We spoke to him. Bullshitters, prepare yourself to hear from Pin Skin Man himself. Oh, this was oh my huge. Goodness. Let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. First... Let's just get into our normal bullshit. Let's tease people a little bit. Don't worry, be on very, very soon. Amy, what have you been up to? I've been running. I've still been running. Hey. Running's been happening. So, yay, that's still a thing. Um, quite enjoying it still. That's all good. Yeah, not anything particularly interesting. Like, no one really is doing anything particularly interesting at the moment, apart from people running around their garden over and over and over again, like a teddy bear. Are people still um, doing that? Is that? Have, have you seen anyone do know. that, actually? <laughs> I think the garden marathons have finished now, haven't they? Yeah, it will be on to something. I Thank think we're goodness. all too busy, like, fighting racism to worry about garden, <laughs> garden marathons now, aren't we? Lazy and very trivial in, in comparison. So, yeah, I, I would say one thing I have been doing is reading Ben Smith's 401 book, mm. which I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard of Ben Smith. He did this 401 challenge, which was running 401 marathons in 401 days. God. And to be honest... When this was going on, I knew it was going on, but I wasn't really following it that closely. I don't know why, um, but I just wasn't. 
Uh, but I'd heard good things about his book, so I bought his book, and I'm about three quarters of the way through now, and it's absolutely fantastic. Like, it's a re- I just recommend anyone, if you haven't already, to give it a read. It's really well written, and it's just really interesting. There's that nice balance that's sometimes hard to strike in these sort of books between stuff about running and, like, the human interest story. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like, with running books, it tips, you know, one way or the other, and it's either, like, loads and loads, like, running stuff, and you get a bit bored of it, or it's, like really really personally like oh god mm. um but this is like a really nice balance between the two so i and he's done this amazing thing so the, the thing in itself running 401 marathons is it's fantastic in itself to read about so yeah uh, a bit of a not that he needs it but a bit of a plug for ben smith's book there yeah absolutely it's fantastic. well it wasn't just that he raised i think it was two hundred and fifty thousand pounds for yeah. i think it was stonewall and an anti-bullying charity wasn't it yes yeah and i was amazed when i was because this is another thing we're we're coming in because obviously um People are talking a lot about issues around racism, but also the intersexual issues around um, homophobia as well. Mm-hmm. They sort of intersect with each other in some ways. When I was reading this book, I was amazed that in this century, you know, people were saying that they didn't want him running in their town. Clubs were saying no to him because he was raising oh. money for Stonewall. Like, you can't... Did that... He- I'm going to have to read this yeah. now. I mean, it's going to anger yeah, me. Yeah, I think he'd, hell. spoiler alert, I think he said two clubs. It was only two, I think he said it was only two clubs out of all the clubs he contacted. Because the way he did it was he contacted clubs so that clubs mm-hmm. would help him like set up the route in all the different places he ran. And two of them were just like, no, nah, I don't want you to run with us because uh, you're raising money for Stonewall. I was like, Jesus. Oh. Can you imagine being a member of that club? And they were like, Ooh, they, gay people. <laughs> they, they don't want to be controversial is what it is. Oh, well, we don't want to, we might upset people. Oh. yeah yeah it was like really bizarre so um but yeah it's a really interesting read and the amazing thing that you did on a kind of similar note i just watched pride last night for the first time i don't know why i haven't oh. watched it before it is amazing my heart was warm my eyes were moist at the end of that it was wonderful yeah. and the soundtrack is amazing download the soundtrack okay. it's a really the welsh soundtrack. accents were not amazing though no, no, they were a bit dodgy. But yeah, it's a real good, like, feel-good film. It's a lovely <laughs> film. Um, yeah, Ben Smith would be lovely to get on here as well. So hopefully, let's get in contact with him and see if we can get him on. Um, I did run with him in Cardiff, actually. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to see him. And he's a really, really lovely guy as well. Um, I went on a lovely run this morning. Before I get to things that I'm complaining about, I went on a lovely run this morning. I said a few months ago, I kind of stopped, like, doing really hilly, traily runs because I was just, like, not mm. up for it at all. Just too tired. But I went out back on it again, uh, did like nine miles today, up some nice hills, through the woods. Uh, it was beautiful because it was a grey, gloomy day. The only people out are dog walkers and runners. Now, and they are the best people. So that was fantastic. Lots of collies and Labradors today and a beautiful, nice. filthy Spanoni, which I do enjoy as well. <laughs> and any other time without the guest that we have, this episode probably would be called Humidity is Bullshit because fucking hell, it was gross out this morning. Mm. It was a nasty one. Some bullshit, right. The bullshit I've seen this week. The virtual runs are still happening. Obviously, loads of people doing mm. all kinds of virtual runs now to try and replace their other races and things. And I've seen some really strange ones I simply don't understand. One is, well, there's a couple this company. They do Land's End to John O'Groats and the Wales Coast Path. But you don't actually run either of those things. All you do is run mm. as you normally do, log your mileage, and they move a, a little icon along a map. And then you pay £30 for a medal and a t-shirt. And I just, I don't understand that. Because even one no, of them said, like, I, you yeah. can backdate your runs to the 1st of June. I'm like, so you can include runs that you've already done towards a digital map, which you could do yourself if you wanted to. But yeah, 
what you haven't you've got a t-shirt then that says i ran the virtual wales coast path and people say oh you went to wales no i just ran around the park i what and 30 pounds is a bit steep 30 pounds is like uh you know some half marathons in cities are like 36 pounds for a virtual race it seems a bit much for just running around your local park and streets and then submitting your mileage it's real that's a that's a weird one yeah i'd get it i'd get it if people were doing it if people were doing it as a challenge where they didn't get something like a medal or because i wouldn't be bothered about a medal or a t-shirt for that to be honest yeah. if they were just doing it as a challenge like something to do then fair dues i get i get that like it might be fun to say oh i've run this far and it's the equivalent of this but i can't really understand wanting a medal or a t-shirt to commemorate that but virtually all the comments i saw in this facebook post were saying oh my god the wales coast path is beautiful oh you should all go there oh we did this section to this section last year it was great mm. like not many people seem to grasp this wasn't actually anything to do with the coast path or any other path yeah. that they were doing it was just yeah. Yeah, it was a really odd one. And on a similar thing, um, we had word that the Newport Marathon have been sending out their medals and T-shirts to people who have run a virtual marathon. But some people have done that over a couple of days. And I'm like, well, does that count? No. (laughs) If you've done a marathon over three days and now you've got your Newport Marathon T-shirt and medal, (laughs) you haven't really done a marathon. I wouldn't want that. I think if if I was signed up for it and they sent me it, I would just chuck it in the bin because I, I don't like. I've, I've the only time I've worn a race T-shirt for a race I didn't run. I felt really guilty about it. Yeah. So I had um, I signed up to Cardiff five, uh, yeah, Cardiff five k, and I had my knee injury, but I still got like a T-shirt and mm. stuff. And I was like, oh, I'll keep the T-shirt, nice T-shirt. But it feels weird. Like I think it'd be the same with Newport Marathon. Like having a medal and a T-shirt for something I hadn't run. you know literally ran it not just ran a marathon distance because i don't think the two things are the same (laughs) as if like people are running past you in the park and thinking i don't recognize her she wasn't at the cardiff 5k (laughs) exactly that's the shame (laughs) for a virtual marathon if you went out and like ran a marathon on your own that day Mm. would you be okay with having that t-shirt not if it was Newport Marathon on it, because I haven't ran. Even if it was the same, even if it was the same route, I haven't ran Newport Marathon. I haven't ran it with mm. however many other people they have running it. I haven't ran it at that very specific time and day. Even yeah. if I do run it then, it's not under the same conditions. It's yeah, no, I don't think I ran. Yeah, Newport I think I do agree. If it was called Newport Virtual Marathon and it was like that from the beginning, then yeah, fair enough, you know. But... Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. So don't forget, everyone, to head to the website. Check out all the links that we reference in each episode. You can go to runningisbs.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Please keep sending us your bullshit so I don't have to nag you for it. Thank you very much. Oh, Amy, should we get right into it? This is the most exciting part. Possibly ever. This is the... Yeah, this is the end of the podcast, basically. This is the season for that. Is that how we're announcing it? (laughs) Yeah. We've done all we wanted to do. We've achieved everything we wanted to achieve. We found him. Well, you found him. Well, yeah, after we kind of found out about him, I did do a little bit of searching for him at the time. I think I said I couldn't really find anything on him. And I just wanted, for whatever reason, a couple of weeks ago, just to thought, well, I'll just have a quick look again. You never know. Because um, all I knew, he was in Cornell University years ago. And I think he was in London because he was doing races around that area. Um, so I did a little search for him. And just um, a website popped up called letsdothis.com. And so I clicked on that and then they had their list of their staff. And because it's a, a running listing website, which you'll hear in the interview, had his LinkedIn profile, I think, and his Strava. So I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's happened. Clicked on the Strava and it had a different name on it. 
So I wasn't sure, but I was pretty sure because it was linked to him. I recognized the photo. So I just left this comment on his most recent run, which is actually a couple of months ago because he was injured. And I'm just like, this might be a strange request, but and just like gave the email address. And like a few days later, I got the email and he was up for it. Luckily, he was not weirded out by that. Yeah, we spoke to him the other week and I'm really, really sorry, but the audio was terrible. I don't know how he did yeah. it. I'm not sure if it was just like the blood rushing in my ears or just the winds of fate, but it sounds like he's sitting in a hurricane for the first few minutes of this. Yeah. And because we couldn't record on Skype, because Skype wasn't working, yeah. like we didn't even have backup audio. It was like everything was against us to find Pinskin Man, to get the audio. It's cursed. I'm not even sure whether this episode will be going out on Monday. Who knows? Yeah. I feel like something else will happen because Pinskin Man is a cursed man. With a name like that, I'm not surprised. But <laughs> So I've done the best I could with it. Um, so for the first five or six minutes, it's a bit odd and it kind of comes in and out a little bit. I think it's all legible. You can, I can still think you can understand it all, but like five, six minutes in, it's fine and you'll probably forget about it. So uh, without any more excuses, here it is. Joining us now is someone we've talked about for nearly a year after a previous guest described the unique style and rumours of sightings ever since. The man we know as Pinskin Man, or Connor Strinkowski to those who actually know him, joins us now from New York. Connor, thank you very much and welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, guys. Um, to those who maybe haven't caught up with the back catalogue yet, you've become known in the UK for turning up at races shirtless with your race number safety pinned to your bare chest first and most important question people want to know is why you know i feel like this probably isn't a terribly satisfactory answer but (laughs) it just it just started one race i was like i showed up in a cotton t-shirt it was like really it just it was not a good decision and i was like i could try pinning this somewhere else i pinned it to my shorts and i was like this is uncomfortable and i was just like well Let's try this, because I'd heard about it previously from, uh, apparently another Cornelian used to do it back in the day, uh, Max King, apparently he's pretty well known in the ultra community now, but he apparently, at least once or twice, used to uh, pin his bib to his chest, and I was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot, and I, yeah, I I tried it, and it's like, it's a little uncomfortable at first, right? (laughs) But I think when you're running, it's actually more comfortable than pinning it to your shorts. I just can't get my head around how pinning a race number to your bare chest is more comfortable than pinning it to your shorts. <laughs> I, I mean, if you've got an earring in during a run, it's kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So wait, is it top and bottom as well? So isn't there like a risk of it stretching a little bit and kind of pulling? Or do you have to be very careful with where you pin? Yeah, you, you have to adjust it a little. Like Sometimes I feel like my chest is a little bit of a pin cushion by the time I'm done, but like... Once you get it, it like doesn't stretch too much. And it's it's pretty comfortable the whole race. But what's wrong with shorts? I mean, that's that's not attached to you. <laughs> I know but there's there's just something uncomfortable about having the uh, the race bit like moving every time your legs move. And I don't know how to describe it, but do you not have loads of like scars across your chest from? Or the racing, I look at one and think, oh yeah, that was that ultra I ran. <laughs> I had two minor ones uh, on the top left, but like, other than that, not really. Like, the heel Perhaps it's a handy guide to know where to pin next time. Yeah, it actually does come in very handy. So, the second race you went to after that, it didn't occur to you just to take another different t-shirt? 
This was even for ultras because the uh, race we found out about you from was the race to the stones. And so even for an ultra, you didn't think carrying a bag was for you. Yeah, I actually race to the stones. Mm. It was I literally just I didn't carry anything on me. I didn't have a bag. It was my first ultra. I I literally had a plastic bag in my pocket that I used to get water at stops, and that was the only thing I was carrying with me. And how did that go? <laughs> Am I right in remembering you got to checkpoint two and had to stop? No, so I, it, was, it was checkpoint four. It was like... Okay, okay. It wasn't entirely because I was wildly unprepared. It was mostly because I was wildly unprepared. But the other thing was I just... I had never done an ultra before. And I went out, yeah. I went out so fast. Like, I think I went to the first <laughs> marathon in like 245 or something. Yeah, that's what Tom said, the guy who won. He thought, when he saw you, Lee, he thought, well, there you go, second place will be all right today. Sorry, you went through the first marathon on an ultra in 2.45. Yeah, it was really stupid. Um, I, I saw that later, though, like the, um, the Tense Path Challenge uh, later on, 100K. Like, I went through that in, I think, 3.11 for the first marathon or something, and that was totally fine. Like, I, oh, yeah. I actually yeah. finished that one. I won that one. Course record. Hey, that's all right. nothing yeah (laughs) so have you been aware that this was kind of causing a little bit of ripples like you've been known a little bit and i because i saw like another couple of race reports where people have mentioned it and blog posts where people have mentioned it i'm gonna be honest the the only thing that i heard about it was a couple of my coworkers said that it was a thing and then um they showed me like a facebook uh post or two about it Mm. but like to to be honest i hadn't really see much or heard much about it i i did end up claiming the uh pin skin man instagram briefly but i i haven't used it in like six months so <laughs> um, so you'd heard that name yeah yeah, yeah. so someone mentioned that it was a name i just i didn't realize it was actually a like common thing i'm not sure if it's good or disturbing to know that you have a modest but dedicated fan base here in the uk yeah people are gonna lose their shit when they hear this interview <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> People can be very excited about that. Um, so I think that's as much as we can really learn about about <laughs> the pinning and the skinning. Unless Amy's got anything else you want to add there. No, I think the main question was, was why? <laughs> yeah, and we've got that. So I said you live in New York now. You're over in London for a little while. I, I actually, I work at Let's Do This and they're based in London. So mm-hmm. I, I was there for most of the year and I came back to New York during COVID because apparently it's the place to be during COVID. <laughs> Yeah, London, London, and New York. Good choice. <laughs> yeah, about the best in the world I could have chosen there. Um, so, how did you find living in London in terms of running, in kind of events and training and things like that? You know, th- there's a very there's a very big difference between running in uh, in the UK and the US. So, like, how do I put this? In the UK, it seems more of like I, I want to say not not an everyman sport, but it's like people come out for reasons other than to win. Like in the US, yeah. it's mostly it's mostly people show up to a race in order to like compete for the like for first place or even first place in their age group or something like that. And it seems like people just come out to runs in the UK to run. And it's kind of awesome, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's kind of had a bit of an explosion over the last 
I guess kind of 10 years now maybe um, along with uh, park run obviously the growth of that has kind of really fueled it and people come out to run for all kinds of social reasons um, did you manage to take a part in any park runs yeah yeah um, so I actually it was my first race in like three or four years but I did the uh, um, the run through Victoria Park 5k um, mm-hmm. I want to say June of last year and then I've done the Richmond Park one uh, for fixed events and a couple of uh, of other ones since then it's it's been really nice. I actually kind of took a break from running for like two or three years, and then coming to the UK, it was just like, you know, have, having a team around me that actually ran on a regular basis was like, yeah. I, I kind of got dragged back into running, and I've been loving it since. Yep. Yeah, it's a great way to get back in. Obviously, it's the the big social part of it is uh, is great, and that's kind of the the audience we serve is those people that don't take it that seriously and who do like to complain about it. You know what? I have run in New York a few times. And I, I arranged to meet up with a couple of uh, running groups there. And the strangest thing about them, I just couldn't get my head around, was when I was running with them and just running along, I said, you know, are you training for anything? And they went, no. And they looked at me really strangely because I think they think that the only race available is the New York Marathon and no other race exists. And all they talked about on the way around was property prices and their jobs. They wouldn't <laughs> talk about running. And it was just infuriating because they're just talking about square footage and how much rent is. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Those are two common topics in New York, but I feel like, yeah, in the U.S., no one really wants to talk about running while they're running. It's all about, like, your life and what you're doing. Whereas the U.K., like, half of my friends at our running club, I've never spoken about any, I don't know anything about them. All I know is about their running. That's it. (laughs) This is my diet. This is my training plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So what races have you done? What have you got coming up? Oh, I've done that one. Have you done all that, you know? Yeah. Which is is nice, but it's it, it is a little strange sometimes when you don't yeah you don't even know someone's name, but you run with them for a few weeks in a row. Yeah, you know their PVs, but you don't know their name. <laughs> also, again, from my kind of uh, stalking you on Strava, it seems you've got a little bit of a knee issue at the moment as well. Yeah, so I don't actually know how I messed it up, um, mm. but I I messed up my knee somehow back in uh, back in late March and. I've been trying to recover it since it's it's gone a bit better recently. Like I've actually been able to get out, you know, three to five times a week recently. But for a while there, it was like, will I ever be able to run again? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I had the same thing. I had knee injury that went on for like two years almost. Like it's only just properly starting to feel better. It just was just just lingered for so long. I'm glad glad yeah. here it's feeling better though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now and again, I can like feel it twinge and think, "Oh God, here we go again." But yeah, yeah. It's the thing about knee injuries and ankle injuries too. Is it's just like, if I mess this up, I really mess it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, joints are tricky. I've just learned to get used to my injuries, and I'm just I just put up with them. <laughs> um. So you mentioned there. Um, let's do this. The company you're working for. Um. The reason you were in London and now back in New York. Um. Tell us a bit about them. Yeah, so they're actually, a, basically, if you're looking to find a race uh, in the UK, in the US, virtual events, anything like that, you can log on to Let's Do This and find a race and just, you know, go from there. Book it, run it, do whatever. So it's kind of a listing website, basically. Yeah, it's a, it's a centralized marketplace for all of okay. the races in the UK and the US and Australia. But... Okay, well, we, we've got some listeners in Australia, you know, maybe a couple, <laughs> I think. So what's your role there? Uh, I'm a software engineer. Okay. 
I don't know what that means, but that uh, sounds really good. Basically, I sit at a laptop and there's a bunch of blinking lights and I click other buttons and I make the lights rearrange and then eventually, oh, okay. yeah, other people can click buttons on the site. Excellent. That's a good explanation. Yeah. I, I feel like um, it's very hard to explain software, like coding to everyone. If people don't know, they don't know. It's also just such a weird profession, like... I know uh, this. Uh, people will be expecting us to ask this, and everyone's sick of talking about this. But how's it been in New York with the uh, the pandemic situation in terms of running? Have you been allowed to run as far as you like, or has there been certain restrictions? So th- this is a very New York thing. Um, <laughs> but th- there's a ton of restrictions on paper, and then no one pays attention to them outside. So <laughs> it, it, every single person on social media and back and forth and in discussions will say. It's important to stay inside. It's important to be quarantined, et cetera, et cetera. And then those exact same people will walk out and be camping in the middle of Central Park without a mask on, like three feet from mm-hmm. everyone else. And it, it's just, it's such a New York thing where we'll put it mm-hmm. down as a law or an order and then like no one will follow it. That's probably why there's so many cases here, but. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of a British and American thing of no one tells me what to do. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There, there's some pros and cons to that. Um, how is running in New York generally? Because there's it's not that much space to do it, really, is there? there? It's really not. Yeah. So particularly in Manhattan, like you basically you basically got Central Park, and then actually the Riverside parks are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they go they go almost the entire way around Man- around Manhattan. So it's like I want to say roughly thirty five miles around, right. and they're just they're these really nice scenic waterfronts and. Because Manhattan's only like two miles wide, it, it takes like, you know, five minutes to jog out there and then you can just run on the riverside for like hmm. an hour or two and come back. So the final question we ask all of our guests, we've given you a little time to think about it. What is the most bullshit thing about running? So I, I'm going to have to go with the previous topic here and say it's it's definitely the joints. Like there, there's this mm-hmm. ridgeway. It was my ankles. Um and then, like, Moab, it was just my knees were swollen to the size of baseballs, and it was, like, the second day mm. after that. And it's just, like, there's there's this point where it doesn't matter, you know, oxygen deprivation or muscles or anything like that. It's literally just the fact that you think you're going to really mess up your body if you continue. Mm. And yeah. that point is always what I think of when I'm like, this is absolutely bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I was going to ask then, have you got anything planned or anything coming up? I guess none of us have really got anything planned in terms of running for this year, really, have we? So they're actually starting to reopen the, um, um, yeah, the in real life uh, events back in the U.S. Um, I, I'm currently 11th on the wait list for Moab in October. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully I get into that. I, I actually had to drop out of that last year around the 150 mile mark just because I, like, once again, shins and ankles and knees. You're going to have to explain that to us because I, I have not heard of Moab. Oh, yeah. So so Moab is a, about 100 hours and it's 240 miles uh, through the desert in Utah. And I, I went last year and it was just, it was such a nightmare. I had food poisoning. I, I was sick the entire first night. I, I, I literally, I pulled muscles or tendons in my shin and I don't, I didn't even know you could do that beforehand, but it took like a month or two before I could run again. Uh, my, by the second day, my ankles and knees were like the size of softballs and were just ungodly. 
Was your race number pinned to your chest the entire time? <laughs> no, 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 no. So I didn't actually do that, mostly because the temperature there is like, during the nights, the temperature gets down to like five degrees Fahrenheit, which is like, I, I don't know, negative 20 Celsius or something. And it's just yeah. not going to run It would be unreasonable, this. yeah, to pin your race number to your bare chest. In those yeah, that would be weird. That's a very specific situation, yeah. Yeah, at that time, it would be unreasonable. <laughs> no other. <laughs> Yeah, everything else is absolutely fine. It makes perfect sense. I guess finally, on a serious note, we you know we know that living in New York at the moment is pretty difficult. So we hope that you and your loved ones stay safe. And we just want to thank you again for giving us your time after receiving such an unusual message. Thank you, and and thanks for inviting me on. No problem at all. Uh, we always want to hear from you. If you get racing again, please let us know. Well done. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks. Have a good one. Oh, what a lovely boy he was. He was a very good sport about the whole thing. I was a bit yes. concerned <laughs> that he was going to be offended by it. Like we'd just been taking the piss out of him for months and months yeah. and months. But I think he got that it was all good natured and we were laughing with him, not at him. Well, as he said, he is on Instagram as Pinskin Man. So please yeah. light up his phone with notifications and follows. I don't think he's used it for a while, but so what? Follow him anyway. It's amazing. His Instagram is amazing. It's literally him and, and skin pinning. It's, it's great. Uh, his latest post uh, is, is very inspirational. It says, in times of crisis, it's easy to get swept up in the moment. You see announcements about staying home and washing your hands, and it's easy to think that those things are the most important things in the world. It's easy to forget the little things. So let's all take a moment to remember we shouldn't snort meth, poach elephants, or eat people, even if we washed your hands for 20 seconds. We like him even more. Yes. He's got bands. Wow. I... I'm just still overwhelmed by the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. It, it, I'm, still, I'm still not recovering. It was kind of as I expected, because I thought when we asked him why, obviously the big question, I didn't think it was going to be something overly elaborate. I thought he was just going to say, I was just a bit warm, so I thought I'd take my shirt off, which is kind of, <laughs> which is kind of the answer I was expecting that he gave us. But it's still, <laughs> the process was still kind of fascinating. The fact he carried yeah. on doing it. It was uncomfortable being so warm, so he stuck pins through his little skin. Yeah, he know, didn't like something... To make him more comfortable. He didn't want to have something on his shorts, so he put it in himself. <laughs> I just... I still can't get over it. What a guy. What a guy. And But he is on Strava, and so I'm going to keep following him on there. And I hope he does more races eventually, and we get to see more photos. And he updates that Instagram as well. Well, I, I'm sensing a Netflix series oh, yeah. going on. You know, The Legend of Pinskin. This could Man. be the new Tiger King investigative yeah it's like an yeah the new tiger king is like an investigative uh documentary into pin skimmer i nearly said like jeffrey epstein that's the, that's the series i've been watching but nothing it's like not that relation jeffrey epstein is more, <laughs> more like tiger king oh, do you remember tiger king lockdown it was so fun back then wasn't it Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Before police brutality and all that. Well, well not no. before it, but before it entered the public consciousness. Uh, simpler times. Simpler times. Speaking of which, let's talk about the last episode. I think that works as a segue. Matt Caffin yes. um, contacted us. Uh, he's one of our Patreons. He got in touch to say, Thanks, I really enjoyed the last episode of Mark Ramey, who I didn't know of before. I found myself completely agreeing with his view on wearing headphones while running while I was running wearing headphones for the first time in 10 years. I've always been a non-headphones runner for all the reasons he stated and felt pretty smug about it too. I could feel the gods of smugness laughing at me from above as I listened to your podcast while nodding in agreement with Mark and feeling like a complete twat. 
I don't know why I decided to wear headphones that day. I think I just wanted to catch up with the latest BS. But on reflection, I have to concede, it was one of the most enjoyable runs I've done in ages, and the miles seemed to fly by. <laughs> although I did nearly get run over by a cyclist at one point. So although I do agree with Mark, I may continue to occasionally dice with death and go for the odd headphones run because I am a contradictory smug twat. Thank you very much, Matt Caffin, for making that conclusion for us as well. Yeah, there's lots of contradictory statements in that paragraph, but thank you. Could you imagine wearing headphones for the first time in 10 years and the first podcast you listen to is like, if you wear headphones, you're a twat. Yeah, and then you get hit by a cyclist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That must have yeah, been a complicated run, but I, I did say back to him, like, with all our best kind of bullshit things that we talk about, there's something, you obviously like, this is a terrible thing, but I really liked it. There's always that kind yeah. of, there's that little balance of these of the bullshit of like, there's always something you really enjoy. It's also the thing you hate the most as well. Yeah, exactly. Running, yeah, basically. Yeah, just running. Um, and we also had a message from Sharon Fox who said she particularly enjoyed Amy's safety tips last week. The ones about shooting. Yeah, have you, man- have you needed to deploy yeah. any of these uh, in the last few weeks? I feel, we, I feel like we probably would have heard about that, to be honest. Yeah, not yet, but I'm always right. You would have heard about it in the news. Yes. Because <laughs> it would have been the most bizarre thing to happen in a while. Um, that's saying something. But um, no, I haven't had to deploy it yet, but it's always ready and waiting, you know? I'm always prepared. Always prepared. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> like a scout. <laughs> like a shitty scout. <laughs> So as we mentioned before there with Matt Caff, you can support us on Patreon. Just head to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and all the money will go to help us create this podcast or go to a charity that we think needs it more this month. Um, Supporting us this week, dramatic music again. The jaggedly juvenile Jay. The mechanically woebegone Maria Wicks. The rapidly snotty Rob Smith. The enormously hard Erica Harris. The commonly grubby Clark Gilmore the nervously glossy Nikki Genders and the mysteriously gigantic Matt Garner. The mortally lame Matt Lees. The hopefully petite Hugh Phillips. The abnormally honourable Anthony Howe. The knowledgeably stingy Kirk Shepherd, The boastfully second-hand Brian Simpson. The seldom rude Simon Ross. And the eventually luxuriant Elliot Lyme. The addition of an adverb, I think, has changed everything Definitely. this month. Definitely. Oh, it's made it fantastic. <laughs> Let's move on to some of those tweets we've had, Amy. So from an anonymous tweeter who doesn't want to start club drama. Oh, why don't you want to start oh, club I, I drama? I love it already. Oh, I love club drama. Let's let's say who they are. <laughs> if they know, they'll know. Oh, I want to start club drama. I love club drama. Um, they said, forget headphones. Do you want to know what is total bullshit in all capital letters? Wrist mounted battery powered Bluetooth speakers on a group run. What a cock womble. I didn't know this was a thing and it sounds awful. Wrist mounted battery powered Bluetooth speakers. Yeah, I know people that have had like backpack ones or like yeah. shoulder mounted ones. or I've seen ones that like just hang around the neck. Yeah. I, got, I, I, I think they're okay in a race. Some people will not agree with that. But in a big race, you know, a big city race where those people are dressing up and doing all sorts of things, I don't mind having someone run a backpack with music on it. Sometimes I try and keep up with them because I like the music. You know, I don't mind that. But on like a club run, I don't want someone bringing their music to a club run. I, I don't 
No, not on a race. I don't like it in a race oh, because I, I want to be doing my own thing. If you run past someone playing music, fine. But yeah, if you get stuck behind someone playing music you don't want to listen to, that's true. That can make it really shit because people always play shitty music. That's true. Uh, yeah, just people who wander around. We get, um, you know, I live next to the park and there's like kids who cycle past with their music playing. I'm like, why? What? What is the point? That, of this? That's what it made me and think of, like kind of a thing. teenager on the bus. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no need for that. And on the wrist as well, because that's going to be waving around. At least on the bag, it's in one place. But on a wrist, it's going to be going up and down. So it's going to be like in and out and in and out and in and out. It's going to sound really fucking Why stupid. Why do those even oh, exist? Why do wrist-mounted battery-powered Bluetooth speakers even exist? Ugh, yeah. From at Kilo underscore Juliet 1984, uh, they said, I meant to tweet you this last week, but after Amy's morning run issues, I think it's very pertinent. Last week, I decided to do my run streak run at half past 10 in the evening. I've done this route around 20 to 30 times. It includes a lovely footpath on a gravel track. I've taken a head torch and entered the track and was enjoying the gentle downhill gradient. However, the track goes through a wooded section and I have an overactive imagination. I pretty much shit myself as I imagine being kidnapped, assaulted and thrown into the pond. Night runs are bullshit. <laughs> well, luckily for her, if she did shit herself she's very much less likely to be kidnapped or assaulted. So she actually did the right thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't worry. Run whatever time of the night you want. As long as you've got some reserve in there, you'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, Would you recommend kind of pre-shitting as well? What, in case somebody does come around the corner? Like if you're going into a potentially scary area, do you think it's a good idea just to um, squeeze a little one out? I, I some as a thing is, measure? you want to save some in the tank. You know, like they say, save them in the tank at the end of a race, like when you're running, like energy, yeah. like save some in the tank in this way. Um, so maybe it's harder sometimes to stop shitting. Maybe do a little wee uh, okay, and leave yeah. it as like a trail along the path, and <laughs> they'll know you're a bit crazy. That's a good idea. Yeah, that is a very good idea. And random like screaming and shouting and you know that sort of thing helps as well. To add to it. The other thing you could do, like if you if you did want to prepare, is shit into your hand and smear it all over your face. Yeah, to be honest, that is a winner. Yeah, no one's gonna attack you then. That is an excellent idea. Thanks, Amy. Uh, moving on, Moena Billum has had her first blood blister. Hey, uh, well done. Good for you. Welcome to the family. I've never had a blood blister on my feet or i'm assuming she means on her feet because i'm assuming this is running related but i assume so and i don't think we had a photo so we would no. we would prefer a photo no we wouldn't <laughs> vicky dick who on twitter is mrs bridgewater she said you know what is bullshit not being allowed to have your name printed on a t-shirt because it's deemed offensive despite the same company having previously printed that same name on a t-shirt I could name the company, but I'm still hopeful they will change their mind. And this is something that Vicky's really running with. I mean, she blogged about it as well, and she's pretty angry about it. That's hilarious. Oh, Vicky. God. I mean, the problems go through in life when your name is Dick. What if your is... What if your first name's Dick? Will they not print it if your first name's Dick? Mm, I don't know. Well, I guess you. I guess they would probably say that's short for Richard. But when it's your surname. I mean, you're running into this. I think she did say in the in the blog she runs into the Scunthorpe problem, mm-hmm. which is when some computer systems automatically block uh, something like Scunthorpe because of a word it has inside it. Uh. Um, so she gets a similar problem, and her children have because of their surname. So oh, I I can kind of understand because I can see why companies don't want to print the word Dick on their T-shirts, but if it's your name mm, and it is a name, is like it's a first name yeah, as well, it is. so. She hasn't just like, made it up. see you next Tuesday isn't going to be someone's name, is it? So, 
<laughs> not as far as I know. Or, you know, shithead isn't going to be someone's name, whereas dick is a bit more believable. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, is an un- that is a tricky situation. <laughs> we do hope you get a dick on your t-shirt soon, Mickey. Yeah, a nice big dick on your t-shirt. Louise at A Tricks of Reads uh, says, Puddles and wet shoes are bullshit. I don't mind running in the rain, but I hate a wet sock. Yeah, when you just get just that soaking foot and it's just like, you know, especially when you do it at the beginning of a run, mm-hmm. which you invariably do, just early on, splash a puddle, get that foot wet and this, the sock just stays wet for the whole time. Trench foot. Hashtag trench foot. Yeah, it's nice. Especially if you're wearing the wrong socks. Exactly. What you got to so- wear good socks. Are you got like, you're supposed to wear like waterproof socks or something? Well, just like a proper running sock will stay less wet than if people that still do wear cotton socks. Is it SBC that wears normal socks? Somebody we know wears normal yeah, socks. Yeah, I've, I've, I've brought her proper ones, which she does mostly wear now. But yeah, she, she didn't even know running socks were a thing up to like a year ago. No. Whenever I've gone out in normal socks, and I've only ever done it because I'm only going out for a short run and I'm too lazy to like change my socks, then I, it feels weird. It doesn't feel right. Emma underscore H underscore 82 says, falling when running is bullshit. I fell and broke my foot in summer. I fell and tore my medial collateral ligament in December. I fell and sprained my ankle and damaged my ankle ligaments in May. I may never bother running again. Ugh. I mean... I fall over a lot, but I, I tend not to do much damage when I do fall over. They must be pretty spectacular falls. Yeah, that's quite impressive. I mean, we've talked before about people tearing like ligaments mm. and tendons and muscles, and it just oh, every time it goes through me, I don't, I don't. It's just in my head, like I don't know how they break, and I don't know how they would ever fix themselves. It just feels so horribly wrong often, for a thing to be. Broken. Often people like break their foot or you know their feet or whatever when they're doing something really mundane and you know something really simple and you think how did you break your foot doing that which is even scarier (laughs) yeah i think we've said it's kind of the most innocuous ones that seem to do the most damage but yeah the medial collateral ligament i think that's the run that runs up the outside of your knee and connects your two bits of legs together jesus i mean how do you how do you come back from that i have no idea god oh it's that time it's coming. It's <clears throat> bullshit. Running. News. News running bullshit. Boop, 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 boop. Now, this is some really actually some really horrible news from Richmond Park last week as a runner was seen kicking a cygnet who later died from the injuries. It was posted up by the Royal Park Service. And this obviously caused a lot of upset for people. Well, I actually deleted a whole rant in this section about the social media reaction to this because like obviously that's a terrible thing to have happened but in short if your reaction to reading this is to want to inflict casual brutal violence on the perpetrator i.e the people that say oh let's give him a good kicking see how he likes it like does that actually make you better than the person who did it it's just i see this all the time on social media facebook loves this any kind of petty crime that gets put up on facebook There'll be a whole load of people weighing in, calling them scum and they don't deserve to live. We should string them up. We should put them in prison forever. We should kick them and see how they like it. I'm like, does that make you a better person? No, it makes like you just as threatening someone online. Yeah, it makes you just as crazy. It's, I mean, I would be in a way more worried about those people who go around saying they're normal, pretending to be a normal person, but have got this apparently, unless they're just fucking keyboard warriors. I, I say me here behind a microphone, but I know I said I wouldn't go on about it, and I, I'm going to because this is one of my kind of pet hates that I ran about all the time. Yeah, just to say that 
you would be perfectly happy, apparently, to lynch someone because they keyed someone's car or because they stole something from outside someone's front door that you should kick the shit out of them. I mean, what? how is that a rational response? Well, I think it is just people on the internet feel like they can say things like that. If it was, if they came face to face to that person in real life, they wouldn't, 99% of them would not do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, just keyboard just, it's one of these things people on social media have to react and they have to show everyone else how angry they are about something. That's, I think that's what it is. It. I think it's like a competition, like who can be the angriest and who can, and that often resorts, you know, resorts to saying, oh, I'm going to kick that person. I'm going to kill them. Blah, 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 blah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I'll try not to go on about it. Fast Running have produced an article about sporting equality. They say Jack Gray has written a thought-provoking piece after talking to female runners about their experiences of running and how the lockdown has affected them. Um, and when I read this, I did think, you know, Jack Gray? <laughs> Why is yeah. a man writing about the experiences of female women? But to be fair, he does go, and I think he like interviews them. I think it's people he knows personally. I think it's people mm-hmm. from his club. I'm trying to remember back now to what it was but i think it is people like he knows and he spoke to and things like that mm-hmm. but you know the writer does fully acknowledge his own role in this and while writing about the abuse women get while out running isn't particularly new the lockdowning angle is quite interesting you know it's interesting to consider how this has affected women um so he identifies two main themes affecting the runners he spoke to which are a reduction in natural surveillance and an inability to run with a group which i think is interesting and also like that's going to, I think the inability to run with a group is making a lot of women stop running because regardless of whether you've experienced that form of abuse, it is something women worry about a lot. Or they may just feel self-conscious. They may not as much be worried about being shouted out or whatever cat called. They may just feel self-conscious running on their own. Um, so I think that has, in terms of how lockdown has affected female runners, I think that's a very uh, important point. Um, then he also talks about the impact on single parent families, which is another good angle as well. You know, with lockdown, caregiving responsibilities have increased and that, that tends to fall a lot on women. Um, mm-hmm. So basically head to our website and click on the episode 41 page for the link to read more. So I thought, you know, like I said, at the beginning, I was like, this feels a bit strange. It should be like a woman. I think you sent me the this. link and be like, why is the man written yeah, this? And yeah. like, once, once you do actually read it, like, oh, yeah. okay, it's actually, this is actually quite interesting. Yeah. And I was thinking about this earlier and I was thinking like, yeah, of course we need to hear the perspective of women, which you do hear in the article because he includes quotes mm-hmm. and stuff. Yep. But also, you know, most of the people who are shouting at women and catcalling them and all these different things, making women feel unsafe are men, aren't they? Like that, that's well, just, all I think. Of, I think it's probably fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much all. They're the ones that are making women feel threatened. So this is something that other men also need to address. So other men should be talking to men and saying, don't do this shit, you know? It's not just women that have to deal with this issue. Other men should be stepping in as well and saying, stop that shit. (laughs) It seems more likely in a way that men are more likely to stop other men doing it than women are to stop men doing it. So Yeah. yeah, obviously we need as many people on board to make sure they know what they're talking about and they know how to address it. Exactly. It's, well, similar things with lots of kind of allyship, isn't it? Yeah. You need to know your shit and you need other people on board from outside that community. That's exactly it. So I think he did he did really well in the article at getting that balance by actually talking to other female runners and quoting them and using their stories rather than just saying, mm-hmm. oh, this is what I think's happening <laughs> from my perspective, yes. you know? So yeah, it was a good article. Um, the Masters Road Relays have gone virtual, just like everything else. 
And this is one of those events where women have smaller teams, and I think sometimes different age categories, for all the many very good reasons, like the scheduling would have to change a little bit, and the volunteers, they'd have to stand up for an extra 20 minutes. And it's just the way it's always been done. That's why it's different. And that's, you know, that's a, those are great reasons. Well, since it's now virtual, you'll be pleased to know they haven't changed anything, and it's just as unequal as it used to be. So men under 44 run six legs in a team, the women under 44 and the men under 54 run four legs and everyone else runs three legs. But the thing is, at last count, there were over 3,000 entrants. So I don't know, perhaps people just don't give a shit that much or perhaps people don't notice or just accept it. That's just the way it is. But this was highlighted in the Run Equal Facebook group. And it's just bizarre. It's a virtual race. It literally doesn't matter. Why is it still so uneven? I think there is this thing in sport this gender divide in sport because there has to be in some respects and you know you have male teams mm-hmm. and female teams like football rugby all those sorts of things but then i think that comes over to running in this sense and it's just absolutely bizarre this idea that women can't perform at the same level as men in terms of being able to cover the distance like yeah they may not get as fast a time as men um, because of physiological dif- differences but there's no reason why they can't cover the entire distance. That's what's bizarre about it. But I think why people accept it is it's just that thing of, well, yeah, women can't perform to the same level as men. So therefore we need to do this. It doesn't, but it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. But this one is strange because it's not about not being able to cover the distance. Mm. It's just having, there are more men in the team than there are women in the mm. team. Mm. And like on a practical level on the day, perhaps six men would finish in the same time as four women. Yeah. But this is a virtual race. Mm. I mean, you could say that's the way it's always been done. And so to like to keep the integrity of like the records mm. and things like that. But it's a virtual race. And none of the, you can't count any of these times against any no. former records because they're in all entirely different runs. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just make it easier? It would be easier just to say everyone does four legs. Everyone does five legs. It doesn't matter about the age group at all mm. I, it's, yeah it's, it's baffling but as I said you know there's there's thousands of people entering because it's a huge event I don't know perhaps the general mainstream runner just doesn't even notice it and it is bizarre as well with like these you know cross country and road relays that do these like either different length courses or different you know number of team members and all these things because when you think of things like 10k's half marathons 5k's women and men complete the same distance like you know when you're watching the olympics and watching the marathon at the olympics so don't say right women you you only have to do 20 miles (laughs) bless them yeah i know it's 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 just the same arguments over over and over and over it's very very strange (laughs) Uh, before we do the last one i just want to mention a quick thing that i've i watched the other day is um the athletics is back on tv i happened to flick it on yesterday and I know World Athletics are in this weird stage at the moment where they don't quite know what they're doing and they're kind of just throwing shit at the walls to see what work. So there was an event yesterday, I think it was in Scandinavia, um, and the events I saw were the women's 600 metres where there were just two women running in lanes for the entire distance. So you couldn't see who was winning until the last 100 metres. And also it was 600 metres, so who gives a shit? There was Carsten Warholm who did the 300-metre hurdles on his own in a stadium that was obviously empty but had cardboard cutouts of people in the first 10 rows. (laughs) And there was a pole vault competition where there was one guy in the stadium and one guy in his garden in France. And I just... It just seemed... It's just athletics for the sake of it. I I really didn't... I love athletics and I kind of... I'm always interested to see different distances and events and things. 
But this was just for the hell of it. Oh, that was the other one. The Ingebrigtsens uh, running against runners in Kenya, but in different stadiums. So in Kenya, it was piercing with rain on an old track. And in Scandinavia, it was a lovely sunny day. Mm. And so they were racing each other over 2,000 meters on completely different tracks, but not against each other, not being able to see how the other... What is the point of that as a race other than, shit, we need to do some athletics just to remind people that it still exists. And so that's... I I didn't understand it. Surely if any records were broken, they couldn't have been upheld, you know? Because you. I think the 300-meter hurdles world record went... And I think that 2,000 meter yeah. record did work, but they're not they're not kind of super official world records because yeah. they're not like official distances. Yeah. So yeah. I, don't, I think the criteria is less for them. You know, they're still recorded. Uh, they're still officials there. In you know, had the right mm. qualifications to make them records. But but if you're competing against really people who aren't there and your competitors are in a completely different country with different conditions, yeah. I'd find yeah. that bizarre. I'd, I'd think, well, that's not. What exactly is the point of it as a race? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was very strange. Sorry, going into the last one there. Oh, this is a doozy. <laughs> this is a great. Oh, there's one. a lot in this one there, as well, isn't there? There's a lot is... to unpack. Mm. <laughs> a lot of conflicting emotions over this one. So we found an article from the Boston Globe from a few years ago, actually, um, and it's about being chicked. And I think we've talked about being chicked before, haven't we, on oh, the yes. podcast? So being chicked, for those who do not know, is when um, a woman beats a man in a race and it's usually found in like running and cycling as well so this idea of getting chicked though that a woman has beat you oh my goodness as a man um but there's now so this article from the boston globe was talking about a range of sportswear that has um has chicked across it to for women to wear in running it's usually on the back i think it's on the back as well so like as you pass the poor man he can see that um you've been chicked so it's for running cycling or skiing um, and some quotes about it from the article. Uh, one says, let's be honest, some women love beating men in races. It's a rush. There's nothing wrong with that or with using that to get a personal best. Um, and another one for mm. you. The threat of being beaten by a woman works as a pretty good motivator for men. So it's kind of win-win. Um, and then they chalk up the haters to a low tolerance for female feistiness. There's so much to unpack oh. there. There's so much to unpack. Like... Now, yeah, oh. the the phrase being chicked, I think, was first come up with by men who would use it in a negative way yeah. against perhaps other men. Yeah. Or to perhaps against, oh, you know, I didn't want to get chicked, so I put in an extra quick finish. And so it seems to be like, okay, they've done that thing, they've reclaimed the phrase and they've used it in a positive way. But it perpetrates but the, it's just sort of... I, I can't see how it's used positively because it just seems a bit smug. And yeah. a bit, it's not like in real, it's not really in the spirit of running or what the spirit should be of running. It's yeah. about mocking people that you're beating. And it's counterintuitive because you, by saying that, you're saying like it's unusual for women to ever beat men, which is a bizarre thing. Because if you're in a mass participation mm. race, like I've told the story before on the podcast where I was doing like a 10K um, and I was just running at like my pace and I kept overtaking this guy. Just because I was just running my pace and he was a bit slower than me. And he kept speeding mm. up trying to get past me. But then he couldn't maintain that pace. So he kept dropping back. Mm. And I do think he had issues with like a woman overtaking him. And it's just like, unless mm. you're at elite level, just because you're a man doesn't mean you're going to beat a woman. Like, unless you're at an elite level, that's not going to be the yeah. case. There are some really bloody fast women. There are some slow women. There are some bloody fast men. There's some slower men. I don't get in mass participation sports why people are going on about this. I honestly don't get it. 
Like, I don't even think about it. If I beat a man, I don't think, oh, I've beat a man. I, I, I don't think about it. Like, it's bizarre. Yeah, I would say anywhere outside, like, the top 10% of any race you go to, you cannot look at anyone, mm. really, and predict how quick they're going to be. Because no. runners come in all shapes and sizes. Exactly, exactly. It's really difficult to know. So just to see anyone, oh, woman, I'll beat her. So I just think this thing of... I know, you know, being chicked, I know a lot of people do use it. I think I do as well occasionally. Use it, ironically, to people that I know. Yeah. But they, I think they said in the article as well, oh, it's always done with a smile. And no, I was like, is it though? Yeah. Is it? Can you be sure of that? And who's smiling? Who's the one smiling about it? Like, you know? <laughs> I just can't help feel it like it just doesn't help. No. That's the main thing. I don't want to be kind of patronising about it, but it just seems, is that... Okay, you're using, you're wearing it as a joke because you kind of get the joke. But when you overtake people, it's kind of like overtaking people and just flipping them off. And you think, ah, it's just a joke. It's funny. But that person behind's gone, all right, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it would make me feel really pressured wearing one of those t-shirts to a race because, you know, I'm not particularly fast. I'm not right at the back, but I'm not particularly fast. I would feel pressured to overtake every man I saw. (laughs) Because... Exactly, because I would overtake you and be like, ah, you've been dick. (laughs) Men, bring that in. Say to women they've just been dicked. Please don't. Please, please. I've got... I feel horrible just saying it. I'm so sorry. But it doesn't matter. But that last, that last quote we said there, oh, chalk up the haters to a low tolerance for female feistiness. So if you don't like it, you don't like women. And I'm, I I don't really like the phrase female feistiness. No, that's awful. I don't... It's as if, like, all women have to be feisty and like... I'm just like... Mm, but it, it, it positions mm. it as, like, a, an unusual thing, you know, that women actually in the main are you know quiet and should just stay in their place but you get like a, a feisty female suddenly she stands out Ooh, like, some people don't like them god I, I all this stuff like like we were saying and they're showing like the top 10 percent it shouldn't really matter what no, what well, the gender of the person is you're overtaking because it you know it doesn't matter if you overtake someone, great. If someone overtakes you, nah, never mind. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Get oh, I just something about it. It was just the smugness of it and just, ah, oh, so much to unpack there. So awful. Yeah. yeah. But it's a few years old. Perhaps they've gone bust now. We didn't check. I hope so. That's awful. No, I don't hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stuart, what's next on the agenda? Um, nothing in particular as usual, but, you know, back to what we said right at the beginning of this. Uh, if anyone can suggest anyone that speaks about racism in sport, specifically running, obviously, uh, or LGBTQ plus issues, we would welcome any recommendations. If you can please email us to get in touch with that. We know I think it'd be really, really interesting if we can find someone, a proper expert, to talk about some of these things with us. That would be great. Yeah, definitely. We're into, well, we're into Pride Month now, aren't we? Yeah, I should know that. Yeah, For, Forgive my Pride ignorance. Month. Is Pride Month... Is Pride Month an American thing or is that a UK thing as well? Um, no, I, I seem to see a lot of uptake for it in the UK. I don't think it's pushed as mm, much. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, I see a lot of universities and stuff, posters around, like talking about famous academics or whoever, famous thinkers who are um, mm. LGBTQ+. Um, but I think where you notice it the most is this rainbow capitalism you see. You know, like sandwiches, <laughs> yeah. like LG. What was that one uh, Marks and Spencer's brought out last year? It was like LGBT sandwich. Oh, it was a it was a BLT, yeah. but they added guacamole and to, yeah, G, yeah. It just becomes it. a bit much, and it's just to sell you things. But yeah, I think it kind of is in June, and I think it's good to like 
um, I suppose the same way like Black History Month works, which again is more of an American thing, but I think it's mm-hmm. good to set aside time where people who aren't part of that group can really think about it and think about mm-hmm. how we become more inclusive because we don't want to get to the stage where we are now before we have to think about things you know so it's nice to have like that time set aside like let's just consider other people if you're not part of that group because if you are part of that group you're always really thinking about it but if you're not part of that group maybe just think about the issues these people might be um having to deal with in their lives yeah so particularly coming to pride month there's been a lot of discussion around how these issues sort of intersect in a way so lgbtq issues and issues around like the black lives matter movement as well and how those things can intersect as well so i think basically it's about inclusion isn't it yes so i think there needs to be more talking about inclusion in running and things like that because it's not something some people think about and if you don't have to think about it then you're probably from quite a privileged position because a lot of people do have to think about it Yes. Yeah, so please, any uh, recommendations, uh, obviously specifically running, ideally, if not just in a general sporting mm. um, capacity, that would be fantastic. Please email us, runningisball at gmail.com. Yeah. Amy, anything on the, on the? I was going to say on the menu for you, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Anything coming up not for you? Not much on the menu. I, I am entering a new decade of my life. Well, tomorrow as we record, the day of the podcast coming out, I'm going to be 30. Oh, happy birthday. I know. Happy oh. birthday to me today. <laughs> Well done. So, yeah, I've made it 30 years old, and that's it now. It's all downhill from here. That would be a new parkrun category if you can. Really? Is it actually a new parkrun category? Oh, yeah. It's every five years. Oh, is it? Okay. I might actually do parkrun then. Thing is, though, I'm not at the age where people are starting to decline, and I can then take that opportunity to get my London Marathon uh, good for age and all that sort of thing. I've got to wait a bit for that. So, people are still running oh, yeah, they, very the, well at 30. The time is still monstrous for 30 years old. Yeah, you've got no chance. I've got to wait. I've got to wait it out. <laughs> like, I'll ever get a good for age category anyway until I'm like, you know, I have to wait till I'm like 90 odd. <laughs> Yeah, but think how, with all the runners there are now, think how quick that time will be by the time we're 90. Oh, It'll be like two hours 40. No. <laughs> and finally, a final shout out to our Patreon $1 donors. So, Victoria, Chris, Jonathan, Charlie, Louise, Angela, Harry, Ben, Steph, Matt, Larry, Matt, John, Matt, Len, Rich, Liz, Moena. <gasps> That's the end. <laughs> thank you all very much and if you've enjoyed this bullshit please visit www.runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our patreon our merch store and our social medias see you later bye amy bye enjoy your running with six other people if you are in england but one other person <laughs> if you are in wales <laughs> we put the psa in the end now apparently <laughs> I mean, this is the coronavirus update at the end. <laughs> okay, cool. Which right, is thanks. actually usually incorrect information that no one should follow. <laughs> Please don't listen. Or if anyone's listened this far. <laughs> yeah, stay safe, protect the NHS. See you later, alligator. Watch out for that bike, Matt. This is the end of the podcast.